107, Michael and Maddie. It's Friday morning, March 1st, 2024. A big birthday for the Biebs, Justin Bieber. He is 30 today. Wow. Kesha turns 37 years old today. Academy Award winning director Ron Howard. You know him as Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. He is 70 today. It was on this date... 332 years ago, the Salem witch hunt and trials began in Massachusetts. A little fun fact, no women were actually burned at the stake. That is just a myth. 152 years ago, President Ulysses S. Grant designated Yellowstone as a national park, becoming the first of its kind in the United States. The first Kmart opened up in Michigan on this date, 1962. The first Swatch Watch. The time was six o'clock on the Swatch Watch. It was unveiled 41 years ago today. 26 years ago, Titanic became the very first film to bring in over $1 billion internationally. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this. All right. Wearing only this. Jay Leno took his old job back from Conan on this date. I'm Jay Leno, your host, at least for a while. So, <laughs> Gotta admit, I'm a little bit nervous. Not because it's my first night back, because I know Dave and Oprah are watching. He was back on The Tonight Show 14 years ago tonight. Eight years ago today, a historical figure visited Buttonwood Park, and Gazelle was there. Hey, Bill, say hi to the city. Bill Clinton was there at Buttonwood Park. There were complaints from Bernie Sanders supporters saying that the president got too close to the polling stations. And four years ago, the NBA telling players not to high-five fans or take anything to autograph as the NBA was trying to respond to the coronavirus. Fun 107, Michael and Maddie looking at some sun and clouds today and highs up right around 40. Going to be Warmer for the weekend. We're going to see some rain tomorrow and clouds on Sunday. Maybe be able to escape Sunday without some rain. We'll see how that goes. We'll get the full forecast coming up with Ceci Del Carmen from the ABC6 Weather Center. Bring in your taste of Hollywood right here to the South Coast. And we are here for it. We're spilling the tea with Maddie's Entertainment Update on Fun 107. All right, let's talk Sopranos, the legendary restaurant booth where Tony may or may not have been whacked during the final scene of The Sopranos, put up for auction on Wednesday night. The bids have already reached over $32,000 for the booth. Now, is this the one where they... They shut off the entire yeah, season, and that's straight it. Straight to black. And people got so upset. So upset. So they're selling that booth where, you know, the family came together for that last meal. Um, what they're doing in, in real life is they're redoing the, the place. It's like an ice cream place. It's, yes. not even like a, it's not even like a, a restaurant, but in the show it was. So they're redoing the ice cream place over, and... They decided, you know what? Somebody, somebody's going to want to buy this because people. They said people still come in all these years later to sit in the Sopranos booth. It's controversial. That's why. Why wouldn't you want one? You know, sitting there. So uh, they said they get bus tours. 
they've got <laughs> on location tours. And over the summer, you're going to see people taking pictures outside and taking pictures at the booth. And, you know, they said it's not as crazy as it was 17 years ago, but it's still pretty popular. I was thinking about around here in the South Coast, who would benefit from this the most? And I got the perfect, perfect restaurant. Which one? That would be either Ma or Pa Rafa's because they got booths. A couple, there's a couple booths in there. Sure, but why not? A Italian. Italian restaurant. That's a perfect tie-in. Well, they can put in a bid. Uh, the bidding ends on Monday. You get to take home the booth seats, the table, the divider wall, and the Sopranos family plaque. Wow! Which reads the booth reserved for the, for the Soprano family. I'm curious to see if they're ever going to come back from that. I mean, that would be the. It's going to be tough without Tony. It would be tough without. Yeah, you're right. So I guess maybe that is. Maybe he did get whacked. Yeah. But well, he's in real life. I, I understand. James that. is gone. That's what I'm saying. But like they never specifically said in the end of that. What happened? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Adam Sandler, he's been a celebrity for more than, well, three decades now. And even he says he is starstruck by Taylor Swift. So he says that uh, he, you know, likes interacting with other celebrities. Um, when he was talking to Conan O'Brien the other day. Um, and he said what he found is that like the biggest stars in the world that he said, if they came along five years ago, I'm really happy to meet with them, but they don't, you know, um, don't usually, he doesn't usually get starstruck is what he's trying to say. The thing is, is that his kids love Taylor. And so he, you know, it means a lot for him to meet somebody like Taylor because he doesn't want, uh, you know, things to go wrong with. The, the image that the kids have of Taylor. I don't want to blow up my kids, so I'm a little like, Taylor, Taylor, you know, like I, I, I talk a little too loud or something. I don't, I don't act as cool as I can. You yell her name outside. So, you know, they're like, Dad, you're embarrassing us, Dad. It's fun to hear that from Adam Sandler. Yeah. Because he's the, he's the cool cat of the, of the pack there. Like, who's going to make him blush out in public? Right. If to have Taylor Swift be even mentioned in that conversation. He, uh, he ended up comparing Taylor and her popularity. He says that, that she's on par with the Beatles. Wow. So, Tom Brady versus Time. It's been, you know, an, an age-old battle there because this guy gets nothing of it better in, as he ages, which is crazy. So, apparently Brady decided to rerun a 40-yard dash following a shoot with his new Noble company recently. So Noble fired Mac Jones and they brought back Brady to be the spokesperson for the sneaker. And so he decided to run the 40-yard dash just to see if after all these years he could move better than he moved when he was trying to get picked up by the NFL Come on. 24 years ago. And the results were? Well, he could never run. Never, well, even when yeah. he was a kid. He was like a hurt flamingo. <laughs> so Brady wasn't sure if he could beat his his now infamous mark of 5.28 seconds for the 40-yard dash, which is not good if you're a pro athlete. Plus, yeah. Um, so he says, well, let's see what we can do. Let's, let's level up here. So it turns out he does have a better body now. So it, 24 years later than when he was coming out of college. So coming out of college is 5.28. 5.28. And what is the final result for so, him? So... The two that Brady's jumped, they had him at uh, 5.18 seconds, and then he ran it at 
5.12 seconds. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There is something about that brand. I know you have a pair, right? You have Nobles? Yes. I have some Nobles. I have walking and running, and I have the uh, the lifting pairs. They're good shoes. This is a, a free See, to me, they're to not them. running. They're not running shoes. I got my wife the running ones. She's a, she's a fan of them. There's better ones out there. You might as well go with the Brooks and whatnot. But I'm telling you, the brand itself makes you a better athlete. At least for for me it was. So the guys from Noble were teasing Brady, saying that if he had uh, if he had run a time like that twenty five years ago, mm. he would have been drafted in the third round rather than the sixth <laughs> round. More entertainment news in on the Fun One Hundred Seven. Fun One Hundred Seven. Michael and Maddie and Jackson at it again today. He's going to be out and about doing his show on the road. First stop this afternoon when he uh, opens up the show at two o'clock will be. At Fat Cousins. You might as well join that, that crew. He's been all over the place this week. That's going to be uh, on County Street in Lakeville, Fat Cousins Pizza. And then it's on to me and Toho Mexican Ooh, Restaurant. Nice. He'll be there from 5 to 7 this afternoon on South 2nd Street in New Bedford. So catch him out there. And then he's going to have Seize the Deals at both of those locations. Look for them uh, online at SeizeTheDeal.com later this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Carr. Which movie should the South Coast see? And what should we skip this weekend? Here's Kevin Carr's movie review on the Michael and Maddie Show. Good morning. There's really only one movie to talk about this week, and it's a big one, and that is Dune Part 2. You're brave. We all know that. Be simple. Be direct. Nothing fancy. I understand. Nothing fancy. This is obviously with the name part two. It's the second half of Denny Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's classic science fiction novel. And look, I got to start by saying I am a huge fan of the original David Lynch version. As imperfect as that movie is, I love it from, from beginning to end. It's so bonkers and weird and crazy and visionary. And so it's these things live in a different world for me than than dude it's it's this has been a process for me to uh, untangle my opinions of david lynch's version from denis villeneuve's version but i I did go back and watch the first dune from 2021 and i i had i was sort of mixed on that one i didn't think it was great i i think that it was i'm not a big fan of splitting movies into two parts because you get an incomplete story this would be like starting off star wars and never getting off of Tatooine and Luke was just this whiny little kid who wanted to get to Tashi Station. So the development of Dune as the first movie, it just, it just sets things up. This one is a much better film. I think he responded to some of the criticisms in terms of giving a, a little bit of more of a depth of, of look to the film so that not everything looks very much the same and monochromatic. So it, it has a striking difference. You actually can tell the difference between the different planets they're on. It finishes stories and chapter arcs about Paul Atreides as he's trying to become essentially the leader of Dune, but could he be the Messiah or is he just going to be a political leader? And it is a visionary world, and, and it's very true to the book. I've I've read the book. It's been a while, but I have read the book, and it does latch on more to that than David Lynch's version. So it's it's an authentic adaptation, and it's very well done. And this has scope, and it's very epic. It has some 
amazing scenes that are fun to watch. It does run a bit long. Like I said, when you split these books into two movies, you tend to breathe a little more than you need to. Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I realize it would have been a four-hour movie if they would have done them all together. I would have preferred that because then you get the complete story. But this is a much better film than the first half of it because you get everything you want that you didn't get in the first movie. So it's it's definitely worth checking out. But I will say you're going to want to check out the first Dune. Don't just go cold see this without having seen that first one that's available on Max right now. All right, so Dune 2. This one looks pretty good. What do you think about this one, Kevin? I'm going to have to say that Dune Part 2 totally rocks. Kevin Carr, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right, you have a good week. It is Michael and Maddie. Maddie is down in Orlando covering a fight for this weekend. She'll be back on Monday. You had a busy night last night, right? You were out... uh, were you calling the numbers at the bingo uh, event at the Seaport Inn? For the community nurse home care, I apologized in advance. My my voice is shot today. Okay. There calling was a, all the numbers? A lot of numbers. I had I had a dream last night of the numbers, too. <laughs> so I calling over, over my head. Now, did the, the I-22 thing happen? It did, and I missed my opportunity. What are you talking about? Because you could see up on the, there was like a projector of the numbers that were called. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was called. I looked up the I. So the I-22, I forgot to do the I-22. I was going to actually dedicate it to you. I forgot. Thanks. I was in the zone. Let me tell you something. Anybody out there who's ever called bingo before, I now understand. Actually, that is the, I'm trying to think, it's, it's underrated. The people who call bingo numbers, there's a lot of pressure. So you call it twice before the next number comes up. So the first one is you give the number. So I-22, and then you look up because you have to. It's the first person, one winner, one winner only. Well, you got to make sure somebody didn't win bingo. Or two people at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So that, that will happen. So you got to make sure that whoever wins, loud and proud. Please. Why can't you split the jackpot? It, it was just like a one big package. There were six games. Every package had like a. Oh, prizes. Prizes, yeah. you know, to go. It was all food. Oh, sure. I was loving all <laughs> restaurant. Now, he, to check this out. I found the luckiest woman on the South Coast. Game number one. I'm going to give you five numbers. I'm going to say like B6. And this was just five in a row. Just get a straight line. B6. I-22. I-22. N-33. O-64. G-15. And all of a sudden I heard, Bingo! Bingo. I got bingo. Are you kidding me? First five numbers, this lady got bingo. That is the luckiest card, the luckiest woman I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Good. Was it five? Because she maybe had the free space. Maybe it was only four numbers. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. But I've never, that was the fastest I've ever seen a bingo game go to the point that people were in disbelief. Yeah. So we had to call her up. Let's check it out. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was so fun. I was in the zone, but when I messed up, there was a couple of mistakes. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm only human. Well, I mean, you're not a professional bingo I'm not bingo a professional announcer. bingo caller. So one of them, it only called for, let's say, the outer. That's all. Like, you only need like B and O and then straight across for an H. Okay? Oh, so they weren't all straight. Like They weren't all regular bingos. Different games. Six different Did games. Did you do a blackout? That was number six. Yeah. That was really good. So th- this was an H. So you need all the Bs, all the Os, and then straight across. Now, if, you are, if you're looking at a card and you're visualizing it, you don't need the N because that's the free space, 
right? Okay. So I'm calling the ends, and and you hear people like, you know, chattering, yelling. I'm like, what's the matter? What's what's going on? <laughs> and then you finally hear, you don't need to call the end. Like, I, how dare you? And then it was like five minutes later that I realized, oh, it's a free space. I felt like such a dummy. But you know what? I Get give, it together. I give credit to anybody out there calling bingo. Uh, such a fun night. I, I do got to thank Community Nurse Home Care for just giving me the opportunity. You don't realize, you know, the pressure that goes on behind the scenes of calling these numbers and being entertaining, making sure everybody's having a fun time. And uh, I, I did. I had I truly had a, a blast last well, night. You must have done a good job because right after the event, they called you over and they signed you to a five-year contract. They did. So you are uh, <laughs> locked in. That's it. It is 6.56. And you don't need to call the ends on that one, gazelle. I will do my best next time. 6.56, 90-second news update. We've got Phil Devitt in the Chart Oak Tavern newsroom. Police are investigating after a deadly crash in Seacock. The head-on crash happened on County Street Thursday afternoon, killing 85-year-old John DiNardo. The Bristol County District Attorney's Office says it appears DiNardo lost control of his vehicle when he crashed into an oncoming car and likely had suffered a medical emergency just prior. The other driver, a 43-year-old man, along with his family, were taken to the hospital with minor injuries. The Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified military documents and posting them online is pleading guilty. Jack Texera of Dighton reached an agreement with prosecutors Thursday. Federal prosecutors filed a motion for a Rule 11 hearing set for Monday where it's unknown what charge or charges he will plead guilty to. Texera is accused of abusing his security clearance and posting classified documents on social media. The Fairhaven police sergeant, originally selected as the lone finalist for the Dighton police chief job, has removed his name from consideration, and it appears the acting Dighton police chief will be appointed now to the role. Timothy Souza was the top contender for the job, but the police union and others in town objected to the hiring process. Sean Cronin resigned from the town's top law enforcement job last year due to his role in an insider trading scandal. No injuries reported after an American Airlines flight from New York to Spain diverted to Boston. Flight 94 landed at Logan International Airport Wednesday night. Officials say the aircraft had to land because it had a cracked windshield. Passengers were able to get to Madrid on another flight Thursday. Governor Moore Healy has unveiled a multi-billion dollar economic plan for the state. The Mass Leads Act seeks a billion dollars for life sciences to bolster the state's involvement with the biotech, pharmaceutical, and medical device businesses. Another billion dollars would establish a climate tech plan to lure those types of companies into the state. And those who keep unused sauces from Chick-fil-A might want to throw some of their stash away. The company telling customers to trash any Polynesian dipping sauces that were taken home between the 14th and 27th of February because of allergy concerns. According to a notice on Chick-fil-A's website, a different sauce that has wheat and soy allergens might be in the Polynesian dipping cups. In sports, the Bruins snapped their losing streak with a 5-4 win over the Vegas Golden Knights at TD Garden. They visit the New York Islanders tomorrow night. The Red Sox in spring training in Florida, playing the Minnesota Twins this afternoon. And the Celtics hoping to extend their winning streak to 10 games when they host the Dallas Mavericks tonight at TD Garden. Traffic and weather next. From the Chard Oak Tavern Newsroom, I'm Phil Devitt for Fun 107. Fun 107, Michael and Maddie. And so earlier this week, uh, Macy's had an announcement that they were going to be shutting down 150 or more of Macy's locations as uh, they're, they're trying to weed out the, the low-performing Macy's 
stores. Mm -hmm. So the CEO, Tony Spring, was saying that there are a group of stores, the underperforming stores, that make up 25% of Macy's square footage, like all around. Yeah. So they, they, they eat up 25% of the square footage, and they only bring in 10% of the revenue. So he's like, well, that's not a good combo. Of course so not. So basically he's taking those underperforming stores, closing them down, and then kind of focusing on the upper end, the higher end stores like Bloomingdale's and stuff like that. They're going to reinvest into some of the fancy pants uh, locations um, that Macy ha Macy's has. Speaking of fancy pants, please, please tell me that the Dartmouth location is safe for now at least. So the Dartmouth location, we got word yesterday from Macy's, will remain open. Oh, thank God. They made the cut. Macy's holds a special place in my heart. Why? The only place I can find in this area where I can walk in and confidently walk out with a pair of pants. Really? They have, because uh, <laughs> you know how Sean John, that, that's, is that, did he? Sean John? Yes. Yeah. His pants fit me perfectly. Now, for most people, they're baggy. That's his, his thing, right? But for me, they're, they're just normal pants. They're your skinny jeans. They're my skinny <laughs> jeans. But I can only find them at Macy's. I've been going for years. Like, if I need a new pair of pants, I mean, I'm hit or miss at, like, Marshalls and TJ Maxx because, you know, they wouldn't carry a, a certain select sizes there. But at Macy's, I can walk in there, get a pair of pants, not try them on, and walk not out. Not try them on? That's the only really? I'm telling you. Wow. So if Macy's goes down at Dartmouth Mall... I don't well, know what I'm going to do with my life. That's not going to happen. Thank at God. least not now. Whew. So they, they haven't even come out with the... Here's the thing. They haven't even come out with a list of the 150 stores yet, yet they still made the announcement that Dartmouth was going to remain open. That is really a compliment to Dartmouth. I will tell you, the Dartmouth Mall is thriving right now. It's thriving. No matter... You know, I know that like back in the day, like that was the place to be. The mall. You know, you got your mall walkers left and right. It's still thriving. I was in there last weekend. Well... Especially if you compare it to the like other malls across the region in the yeah. United States, like you're right, like the malls are not doing well, but somehow the Dartmouth Mall keeps swinging away. Look at the Silver City Galleria, okay? Dartmouth Mall still going strong. The fact that it outbeat one of the the giants of the area. Honestly, like if you would, if you were going to, if someone was going to ask you back in the '90s. What mall was going to last longer, the Dartmouth Mall or the Silver City Galleria? All day long, I would have said, no way the, the Silver City Galleria Taunton. would win. All day. All yep. day. It just didn't work out like that. It's what weird. Is it, like storage units now? Is that what it's going to be? Literally, there's nothing. No, no they're, they're going to be I don't know what they're something. doing there. They, they just started uh, construction last week. No kidding. Whatever's yeah, going on know. down there. But, uh, but no, honestly, like a serious, seriously, tip of the cap to the staff at, J at, uh, at Macy's in the Dartmouth Mall because... They greenlighted you guys without even completing the list yet. They're like, nope, they're good. They so. know that I need my pants. <laughs> That's why. 753. 90-second news update, and we've got Phil Devitt in the Chart Oak Tavern newsroom. An 85-year-old man is dead following a head-on crash in Seacock Thursday afternoon. Investigators believe John DiNardo suffered a medical emergency when he lost control of his vehicle and crashed into an oncoming car on County Street. The other driver, a 43-year-old man, was taken to the hospital with minor injuries along with his wife and daughter. A Massachusetts Air National Guardsman from Dighton is expected to plead guilty to leaking classified military documents online. A hearing for Jack Texera is set for Monday in 
U.S. District Court. This week, prosecutors filed to change the purpose of that hearing so that Texera can change his plea. Texera was arrested in April of last year and previously pleaded not guilty to six counts of willful retention and transmission of national defense information. A Fairhaven police sergeant, once considered a finalist for the chief of police job in Dighton, has removed his name from consideration. This after the police union and others in town spoke out against what they called an unfair hiring process. It appears acting Dighton police chief George Nichols will be appointed to the position. Nichols has been in place since Sean Cronin resigned amid an insider trading scandal. Calls for accidents on Interstate 195 have increased since the closure of the westbound lanes of the Washington Bridge in Rhode Island. Figures show 51 calls for accident assistance were made in November of last year, but that rose to 122 in the month since the span was shut down due to structural concerns on December 11th, the most common time for crashes late afternoon. Traffic jams have been thicker and more frequent since the closure, but state police said there have been no fatalities. And the New Jersey restaurant booth featured in HBO's Sopranos finale is now for sale on eBay. The iconic booth where the family gathered has long been a popular fan destination with millions tuning in for the beloved show's 2007 series finale. It even bears a sign that says, reserved for the Soprano family. Bidding is already over $13,000. In sports, the Boston Bruins came off their losing streak to beat the Vegas Golden Knights 5-4. They play the Islanders in New York on Saturday. The Red Sox play the Minnesota Twins at spring training today at 1. And the Celtics home tonight to play the Dallas Mavericks. That's at 7.30. Traffic and weather next. From the Chart Oak Tavern Newsroom, I'm Phil Devitt for Fun One. Weekend just... An unthinkable tragedy in Middleborough, and this has been a struggle in Middleborough and the entire region all this past week as a little girl from the Nichols Middle School passed away in that horrific fire over the weekend. Jasmine Lane, just 12 years old, and want to tell you about something that's happening next weekend as this poor Lane family tries to somehow start to put the pieces together back in their life uh, and you know, facing rebuilding their home and trying to, you know, piece their home back together and just, just awful, awful situation there in Middleborough. Um, but, you know, when these horrific things happen, there are always the heroes here in the South Coast. And so happy to announce this uh, fundraising effort that's happening next weekend a cushion at Creamery. And this is not the first time they've done things like this. Um, they are definitely uh, some kind giving people there at a Kushnick Creamery, Doug and Donna Coray. And what they're doing is next Saturday from 10 to 2, they are just handing out free hot fudge sundaes to everybody. That's right up your alley. I mean, I'm a sucker for a Kushnick Creamery. So right. every single person can show up uh, next Saturday, 10 to 2, and get a free hot fudge sundae and what they ask is to just leave a donation i love that so leave a donation you leave what you think you want to leave that's it this is definitely not the first time they've done this no. before and i will tell you that it's it's a very um it's a giving gift in a sense i mean it's a win-win you're gonna go get ice cream no matter what right you know what i'm saying yeah so it's a, it's a nice way to bring the family out for ice cream Throw a couple bucks into the jar there, and every single penny 
will go to this Lane family again as they try to, you know, somehow move on and, and continue with their lives. I don't know how, I mean, if you're a parent, you hear the story and it you're just breaks you. It breaks you. So let's go, you know, go to a cushion of creamery next uh, weekend, 10 to 2. It's uh, on Saturday. The rain date is Sunday. And bring the kids because the Akushnet and Middleborough police, fire, and EMS are going to be there for a chance for the kids to touch a truck. Oh. And they're going to have the comfort dogs there and all that stuff. So this is going to be a nice event next Saturday, 10 to 2, at a Akushnet Creamery. Let's help out the Lane family. It is 824, 90-second news update in Phil Devitt. Police are investigating after a deadly crash in Seacock. The head-on crash happened on County Street Thursday afternoon, killing 85-year-old John DiNardo. The Bristol County District Attorney's Office says it appears DiNardo lost control of his vehicle when he crashed into an oncoming car and likely had suffered a medical emergency just prior. The other driver, a 43-year-old man, along with his family, were taken to the hospital with minor injuries. The Massachusetts Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified military documents and posting them online is pleading guilty. Jack Texera of Dighton reached an agreement with prosecutors Thursday. Federal prosecutors filed a motion for a Rule 11 hearing set for Monday where it's unknown what charge or charges he will plead guilty to. Texera is accused of abusing his security clearance and posting classified documents on social media. The Fairhaven police sergeant, originally selected as the lone finalist for the Dighton police chief job, has removed his name from consideration, and it appears the acting Dighton police chief will be appointed now to the role. Timothy Souza was the top contender for the job, but the police union and others in town objected to the hiring process. Sean Cronin resigned from the town's top law enforcement job last year due to his role in an insider trading scandal. No injuries reported after an American Airlines flight from New York to Spain diverted to Boston. Flight 94 landed at Logan International Airport Wednesday night. Officials say the aircraft had to land because it had a cracked windshield. Passengers were able to get to Madrid on another flight Thursday. Governor Moore Healy has unveiled a multi-billion dollar economic plan for the state. The Mass Leads Act seeks a billion dollars for life sciences to bolster the state's involvement with biotech, pharmaceutical, and medical device businesses. Another billion dollars would establish a climate tech plan to lure those types of companies into the state. And those who keep unused sauces from Chick-fil-A might want to throw some of their stash away. The company telling customers to trash any Polynesian dipping sauces that were taken home between the 14th and 27th of February because of allergy concerns. According to a notice on Chick-fil-A's website, a different sauce than has wheat and soy allergens might be in the Polynesian dipping cups. In sports, the Bruins snapped their losing streak with a 5-4 win over the Vegas Golden Knights at TD Garden. They visit the New York Islanders tomorrow night. The Red Sox in spring training in Florida, playing the Minnesota Twins this afternoon. And the Celtics hoping to extend their winning streak to 10 games when they host the Dallas Mavericks tonight at TD Garden. Traffic and weather next. From the Chardo Tavern Newsroom, I'm Phil Devitt for Fun. You know what's a beautiful thing? Is that it is March 1st. Yeah, baby. We made it through February. Everybody was saying how January felt like a year-long month. For me, it was February. Maybe because of the extra day, the leap day. Yeah, the leap day. But uh, hey, March means, you know, spring arrives this month. Yeah. We made it through another winter. And it was, again, not a bad winter. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. You know, winter comes, everybody gets nervous, and now it's gone, and you can kind of unthaw. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but it was another... Winter with really, I mean, nothing 
One to storm. speak of. That's it. With a you know no real big, huge, major, crippling snowstorm. So we will take it. Looking at a pretty nice day today. Sun, clouds, and highs in the mid-30s for the weekend. Much warmer. Highs in the mid-50s, but we're going to see some rain. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Carr. Which movie should the South Coast see? And what should we skip this weekend? Here's Kevin Carr's movie review on The Michael and Maddie Show. Good morning. There's really only one movie to talk about this week, and it's a big one, and that is Dune Part 2. You're brave. We all know that. Be simple. Be direct. Nothing fancy. I understand. Nothing fancy. This is obviously with the name part two. It's the second half of Denis Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's classic science fiction novel. And look, I got to start by saying I am a huge fan of the original David Lynch version. As imperfect as that movie is, I love it from, from beginning to end. It's so bonkers and weird and crazy and visionary. And so it's these things live in a different world for me than than dude it's it's this has been a process for me to uh, untangle my opinions of david lynch's version from denny villeneuve's version but you know, I, I did go back and watch the first dune from 2021 and i i had i was sort of mixed on that one i didn't think it was great i i think that it was i'm not a big fan of splitting movies into two parts because you get an incomplete story this would be like starting off star wars and never getting off of Tatooine and Luke was just this whiny little kid who wanted to get to Tashi Station. So the development of Dune as the first movie it just it just sets things up. This one is a much better film. I think he responded to some of the criticisms in terms of giving a, a little bit of more of a depth of of look to the film so that not everything looks very much the same and monochromatic. So it, it has a striking difference. You actually can tell the difference between the different planets they're on. It finishes stories and chapter arcs about Paul Atreides as he's trying to become essentially the leader of Dune, but could he be the Messiah or is he just going to be a political leader? And it is a visionary world, and it's very true to the book. I've I've read the book. It's been a while, but I have read the book, and it does latch on more to that than David Lynch's version. So it's it's an authentic adaptation, and it's very well done. And this has scope, and it's very epic. It has some amazing scenes that are fun to watch. It does run a bit long. Like I said, when you split these books into two movies, you tend to breathe a little more than you need to. Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I realize it would have been a four-hour movie if they would have done them all together. I would have preferred that because then you get the complete story. But this is a much better film than the first half of it because you get everything you want that you didn't get in the first movie. So it's it's definitely worth checking out. But I will say you're going to want to check out the first Dune. Don't just go cold see this without having seen that first one that's available on Max right now. All right, so Dune 2. This one looks pretty good. What do you think about this one, Kevin? I'm going to have to say that Dune Part 2 totally rocks. Kevin Carr, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right, you have this. Fun 107, Michael and Maddie. So for the past couple of years, there's been what we thought was the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. It was organized by a movie maker, Chuck Kinane and the Kinane Brothers. But then we found out, or, or actually Arkansas found out, Hot Springs, Arkansas, heard about this one in Little Compton, Rhode Island, and there were some shots fired, right? Hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? 
We are doing well. It's March 1st, so we've got, uh, you know, the St. Patrick's Day Parade coming up in a couple of weeks. How long have they been doing it down there at Hot Springs? So, Michael, so they, they have been doing it for a long time. So the one in Arkansas has been around for 21 years. So their parade is 98 feet long. And so when we started our parade as a joke a couple of years ago, uh, my family and I got together, my cousins and brothers and everybody. We said, you know, we need, we need a St. Patrick's Day Parade in Annazil, Rhode Island. We joked that it would be the shortest parade in the world if we did it because it's so the village is so small. So we heard about the hot springs one, and, and it was at 98 feet. So we said, you know what, we're going to beat it. We're going to do 89 feet. We beat the record. Uh, this will be our third year this year. Were they, like, a little ticked about it? They were. So Steve from the Hot Springs Parade called us out in an article uh, earlier last month basically saying that they would do anything to hold on to the record. They threw a little shade our way, said nobody wants to go to a freezing cold parade up in new england <laughs> i gotta give steve credit because he really put us on the map all of a sudden uh we were getting calls from national news sources that were asking us about the feud i gotta say they did bring out the big guns because i'm looking at some of the uh, guests in hot springs like emmett smith a lot of dallas cowboys connections here like some pretty big names um, have you thought about maybe countering with some of the connections you have of course you and your brothers are producers, and I know you've got that tight relationship with Kevin James. Maybe can you get some big names of our own down here? I think so, Michael. I think we definitely will. We've got amazing. So, yeah, Kevin's shooting a movie uh, this year, so we won't be able to make it. But we've got the great Celtics legend Cedric Maxwell. All right. Remember Cornbread Maxwell. So he'll be in the house. And then we have an amazing, this incredible band from Ireland called Green Road. They're selling out the National Opera House in Ireland and some of the, the bigger venues in Ireland. And it's an amazing group called Scottish Fish based in Boston. Now, listen, if you're just a, you know, a casual observer of this feud, just ask yourself this question. What's more St. Patrick's Day, a Dallas Cowboy or a Boston Celtics player and announcer? Exactly, Michael, exactly. Our first grand marshal, co-grand marshal, Patrick Manning, said you know it's just a classic bully situation it's a it's a longer parade <laughs> picking on a shorter one <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it so hey tell everybody when is the world's shortest parade any tips like where do you park what do you do because it, obviously it's, it's probably pretty tight down there it's very it's very tight we're asking anybody that comes it's going to be on saint patrick's day sunday march 17th at 3 p.m we're asking everybody who who's going to come to carpool and the whole thing is a fundraiser for the for the local food banks. We have a great community here, and everyone's getting together to raise money for the food banks in our area. So Little Compton, Tiverton, Fall River, Westport. It's a family-friendly event, so we you know welcome the families to come down. Uh, and today's the last day to sign up to actually march in the parade. So March 1st is the last day. And uh, you can go to pattyparade.com, P-A-D-D-Y parade.com, and sign up. And we're so excited because uh, we've got just an amazing group of people and sponsors. We didn't even have to make any calls because of Hot Springs calling us out. The sponsors <laughs> called us up. I got to thank our title sponsor this year, Humphreys Building Supply. Now, I got to tell you, Chuck, this will be my third year attending this parade. I love it. It's fun. Is it cool if maybe we throw the Fun 107 van into this mix? Absolutely. We would love that. And we thank you. You guys have been huge supporters of us from the beginning. So we're so grateful for that. Hey, look, 
Hot Springs doesn't have the Fun 107 van, so done deal. <laughs> done deal. <laughs> hey, Chuck Kinane, real quick before we let you go, any movies you're working on you want to let us know about? Yeah, we do. We have a couple movies the, the boys and I are working on that we're really excited. So hopefully we'll, we'll re release one before the end of the year. We've got another one we're working on, a holiday film that we're working on with the guys that we're really excited about. We want to get everybody in it. So if you guys, you know, you guys want to come and make a cameo in the movie. Dude, yes. Now you're talking our language. We would love that. Hey, I got to say, before I go, I got to give one shout out to one of our biggest supporters and worked so hard on the on the parade and would never have happen without her. Uh, but our mom, Sue Kinane, it's her birthday today. Oh. So a big happy birthday to mom. Oh, happy hey. birthday, happy Mrs. Kinane. All right, I love you guys. Thanks so much for all the... 